All right, I'm going to pray. We're going to do this. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for community. Thank you for church. Thank you for all the things that take place in these walls. And we praise you for the things that take place outside these walls. Lord, I pray that as we gather our spirits together during this time of Advent, as we enter into the Christmas season, I pray that you will be our focus no matter what. Uh, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this time of year. And Lord, this morning I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, and my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Last week, as we closed our time together, we looked at verses Isaiah 46 through 11. And we kind of ended on this note that verse 10 and 11, there's these uh, there's this contrast between the description of, of who God is and uh, the way Isaiah writes it. Uh, first, he, t- he says that he comes with power, and then there's this tenderness of verse 11. But before that, verses 6 through 9, Isaiah is speaking, and, and it's almost like he's taken back by the, the amazingness of what God has told him. How God is he's creating this whole thing, and he's going to send this person, and he's going to put everything back together again. God is going to fix all that is broken in the world. And he's sending it, and he's going to do it by the Messiah, through Jesus Christ. And that's the Christmas story. That's the story that we are celebrating this time of year. And so, it's God creates. We mess it up. God has this plan, and and he reveals himself throughout history. He sends his son. His son dies on the cross. His son, is he he dies. He's buried. He he goes, he's ascended to heaven. He he will come back again. That's that's God's whole plan. This thing is really aggravating me. Could you just give me a second? I don't know what it is. Okay. And that's, that's the whole plan. Don't laugh at me. That's the whole plan of what God has in mind. And so what we ended up with saying at the very end, and I hope you heard this, was it's okay to share the Christmas story. It's okay to tell the Jesus story, but tell it for the good news that it is. Tell it that for, for, the, for the good news of freedom and hope and togetherness that, that God had planned it for. And, and, and I kind of encourage you not to be that doofus who just comes down on the cultural celebration of Christmas. It will never rob us of Christ. It will never rob us of the story because we know. Now what we didn't do last week, we didn't spend time unpacking this verse, Isaiah chapter 40. And that's what I want to do today because this, this is the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, again, it's very different from verse 10 where he talks about that, that the, the, the Lord will rule with his mighty arm. And he talks about the strength of God. And, and there's this picture that he paints of a powerful creator God. But then he comes to this verse, and, and it seems very different. He talks about a tenderness. He talks about a love. He talks about gentleness and a caring. Verse 11 seems to paint a very different picture from verse 10. But it is not a different picture at all. See, it's the picture of the God who walks among us. 
And he will not leave us to our own vices. And he comes and he gathers us. He gathers to save us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from the brokenness that we have put on ourselves. He's describing in verse 10 and 11, both the strength, the power and the might of God. And here the tenderness and the gentleness of God. It is, it is the same picture. It's the same God. It's the same Savior. It's Jesus Christ. There's nothing, there's no, con, I'm sorry, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't, don't worry about the word I'm looking for because it's not important. <laughs> but there's no contrast to it. It's the same God. And I believe, I believe that it's because of his power and his strength that he can be so gentle and so loving as our God. You know, the Lord looks at evil in the world and he looks at sin and all of the brokenness that comes against his creation. And we do know that by his power and strength that he will judge with perfect, perfect justice and that justice will prevail. Sin gets punished. Sin has to get punished. That's, that's what a perfect God cannot just look, look on sin without punishing it. But here I don't get a sense that he's looking at the evil of the world. I get a sense that he's looking, he's looking at us and he sees our brokenness and he sees our pain. And yes, he even sees our, our sin, but he looks at it in a very different way. He looks at it with a, with a compassion and a longing to, to put us back together again. This is, this is how God feels towards us, his church. This is how God feels towards those who would enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. He's looking for us. He's, he's searching us out. He seeks us out. His desire is to gather us and to heal us. Because of the work of Christ, this is how God views his church. Because of Jesus, we are being saved. This is the Christmas message. This is the story of Christmas. Here, here is your God. Isaiah said in 40 verse 9, here is your God. This is our God. He's after each and every one of us. He loves each and every one of us. This is the story of the gospel. He is pursuing us. It's not clean yourself up. It's not that whole turn and burn mentality. The message here is a savior that's coming into the world. Christ and Christ alone. The alpha, the omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. He is coming to gather his people. He is coming to save his people. We see here that his character and his nature of who he is. Here is your God, church. Please, please hear me. If you get the opportunity this, this Christmas season or at any time to share the gospel, share the Jesus story, I'm, I'm going to ask you, share the one that we're about to tell this morning. Share the one that we're going to share this morning. Don't tell, don't tell up to people that it's something they have to do, something they have to perform into, because that robs them of Jesus, that robs them of salvation and wholeness. Faith, our faith is about Jesus and what he has done and what he continues to do, not only in the world, but in each individual's life. Tell, tell that story, that he has come. He is our God, God with us. And he comes here to save us. He comes here to put us back together. Here is your God. He tends the flock. 
He gathers the lambs. He carries them close. He gently leads. That is the picture of God. And you know, sometimes I ask myself over and again, why would people reject this? Why do people reject that? Why do they, why do they disregard it or talk down to it or, or feel that there's no use for it? I think in part that we, the church, have to take some responsibility in that. The way we portray Jesus or the way we portray the gospel. God is not the taskmaster wanting, desiring people to grovel at his feet. He is not some puppeteer that is just pulling the strings for his own enjoyments. That's not who God is. Look at the uh, Matthew chapter 11. If we go to the next slide. And, and I've used the message uh, paraphrase for this. These are the words of Jesus. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I pray that we, that God would give us the grace to receive that message. There is your God. This is the invitation of Jesus Christ. In this, in this verse, in this posture, our troubles and difficulties and tiredness, they find resolution. In this verse, our doubts and our brokenness and our fears, they, they're healed right here. If we can begin to understand this, the invitation of Jesus, the invitation of God, if we can begin to live into this and engage it, how different would our lives lives really be? How different would the church be? How different would our celebration of Christmas be? Now, the reason why we read not Isaiah this morning, but out of John chapter 10 is because Jesus spoke those words in John chapter 10, fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah 40. Can we go to the next slide? Jesus fulfills this prophecy In John, in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, the shepherd is with people, men and women, and he's living with them. He's doing life with them. He's speaking to them. He's caring for them. He's loving them. He's he's healing them. And they, in turn, they're experiencing him. They're experiencing all that he's doing and all that he's saying. They're experiencing the miracles. They're seeing the power of God and yet the gentleness of God. And they still don't believe. They still don't understand He's plainly referring back to what Isaiah spoke about him in chapter 40. I am the shepherd, he says. I am the good shepherd. And the people feel like, they're, they're, they're like, just come on. Will you just tell us plainly, are you or are you not the Messiah? And see, isn't that the sad part of the story in our world? That Jesus has come into this world. He offers salvation. He offers reconciliation with God. And people are still saying, well, show us. Prove it. Show show me something. Give me something. Will you just tell me plainly what you're doing? And it's almost like people feel that God is holding something back, that he's not giving us everything or he's not letting us in on the whole story. I'm here to tell you, God has given us everything. He's given us Jesus Christ, his only son, to die on the cross. That is everything. He has given it all so that we can be reconciled back to him, so that we can know life and and, and have life in abundance. He's not holding anything back. But yet sometimes the world feels this way, like, like, what's next? Or what's in it for me? And so I hope, 
I hope to unpack this morning the, the simplicity of this verse. And as we do, I hope that, that you will receive it as the Jesus story that you can share this time of year during Christmas. And, and I know it's not going to be theologically in-depth, but I think that the gospel is the single most simple yet most important message that we as the church can share with people. And we're going to unpack this verse in light of John chapter 10. So if you want to hold your finger and if you have your Bible back and forth, because we're not going to put John 10 up here at all, but we're going to use this in reference to two back and forth. The first line says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. What we see here is Messiah, God. He's in relationship with those who would believe in him, those that would follow him. He tends his, he tends his flock like a shepherd. There's something deeper going on in this verse, something deeper than for God so loved the world, because what we see here is relationship. And if you look and you read through John chapter 10, you will see that there are those, Jesus will say, there are those who are my sheep, and then there are those that, that who are not my sheep. And the sheep know his voice. There is relationship there beyond the superficial. It's deep, and it's something intimate. And so there are those who follow Jesus, are in relationship with him, and there are those who do not follow Jesus. You know, one of the things, especially during the, the November and, and with all the political stuff and elections going on, um, I, I always wrestle with this idea that, that we really think we're a Christian nation because we're really not a Christian. There aren't any Christian nations. Just because some group wants to legislate morality doesn't make them Christian. The only thing that makes a Christian a Christian is a relationship with Jesus. See, it's not based upon our behavior. It's based upon our relationship with Jesus. That's it. That's what makes a Christian a Christian. That's what makes a Jesus follower a Jesus follower. It's the relationship. It's the relationship. It's not how well you perform. It's not how well you do. It's not how good you behave. It is intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so there are those who belong to him. There are those who are in relationship with him. And there are those that who are not in relationship with him. No matter how good they may act on the outside. No matter what they want to see the world come to. There are those who know his voice. And there are those who do not know his voice. There are those who have eternal life. And there are those who do not have eternal life. It's the teaching of the scripture. We are invited into that relationship. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Do you hear Jesus? Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. If you're, if you're burned out, if you're tired, if you're worn out, come to me. Learn how to take a real rest. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He tends his flock. He knows his sheep and the sheep know him. And it's not just we know about him or he knows about us. He knows us and we know him. There's, there's depth, there's intimacy there. He knows us by name. There's a, there's a, different, a, a different kind of concern that he has for those that are in his flock. There's, he, he's engaging us in a different way by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that we can't fully understand that and that's okay. That's okay. But there's something much deeper there. He longs for us. He doesn't just know us as, oh yeah, that's Oasis Church over there, and that's that church over there. He knows us individually. He doesn't know us as a mob or a church. He knows you by name. By name. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what the brokenness is in your pain. It's in your heart. 
He knows your sin. You can't hide anything. And yet he still invites and calls and longs for us. See, being a Christian, being a Jesus follower, isn't about just holding certain beliefs or certain philosophies or or even moralities. It's about being in relationship with Jesus of Nazareth. He was born, just like all of us were born, from a woman. And he was born into meager means, like most of us, I would say. And he, he grew up, he was a young boy. He was a waddler and a toddler and a teen. He went through all the things that young boys go through. He became a carpenter. He worked with his hands. He worked hard. He started ministry at age 30. He was crucified. He died. He was buried on the third day. He rose again. He descended into heaven. And now he has given us the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. See, it's about the relationship, knowing Jesus personally. And that Jesus knows us. Share Christmas. Share Christmas. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 15 said, He lays down his life for the sheep. He is the good shepherd because he has laid down his life for the sheep. We belong to him because of him, because of his sacrifice. He has purchased our adoption with his blood on the cross. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he says, you're not your own. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. A price has been paid for our lives, for our hearts, for our very soul. And that price was the blood of the Messiah on the cross. He's the good shepherd because he has laid down his life for his sheep. Peter later writes in in his letter, he said that we have not been redeemed with gold or silver, but by the precious blood of the Messiah. Why is Christ the good shepherd? Because he died for us. He laid down his life for us. No one forced him. No one demanded it of him. No one took it from him. He gave it freely. And so, Jesus follower, you have been moved because of his sacrifice. You've been moved from this world to the kingdom of God. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. And that's a good thing because we would mess it up. We do mess it up. Even though we belong to him, we continually mess it up. We belong to him. We know his voice. We know his voice and we don't have to listen to the stranger. In fact, we shouldn't be listening to the stranger, to the voices of strangers. We don't have to listen and believe the lies of the enemy as he whispers those lies into our head that you're not good enough, that you're not, you're not this or you're not that. You can never be forgiven. That's too big. Look how bad you are. Those are the lies from the pit of hell. Those are the lies of the enemy. We don't have to follow and listen to that voice anymore. We know the voice of the shepherd. We know the truth of the shepherd. And that's the voice that we follow. He knows us. We know him. You've been accepted by your Savior God. And you can have confidence in that because of Christ on the cross, the good shepherd caring for you and loving for you, loving you, gentle, patient. Here is the picture of your God. Share Christmas. Share Christmas. And that word tend, he tends, tends. It's a, it's a beautiful It paints a beautiful picture because what it means is that he gives us everything. He gives us everything, hear me now, that we need. Not necessarily the things that we want. 
but the things that we need, the things that are most important. And the first and very, the, the most important thing is that he gives us life. He gives us life. John 10, verse 9, all who enter the sheep, um, the sheep gate through him will be saved. They go in and out and find pasture. Then in verse 11, he says, um, he has come that the sheep may have life and have it in full. Share that Christmas story. That people can have life and have it in full. Jesus came to offer it to us. Life today, abundant life today. Not just in eternity in heaven, but, but, but here today. That's the Christmas gift. You don't work for a gift. You don't try to earn a gift. You receive the gift. And the Lord is giving us, he's presenting to you the gift of, of life. And life in abundance you know, I think there's too many times that we all get caught up in trying to, to uh, define abundant, abundant life, full life. And so we put all these kind of, of stipulations on it. We try to define it in our own terms that God wants me to have more money, a bigger house, a better car, a better job. Harley Davidson 2015 because they're out now. And I do know that the Lord wants me to have that, but we're still trying to work out the paperwork. So I'm going to be patient with him. But, but we just think this abundant life thing is all about the things that we're getting. But what I'm learning is it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with, he's offering an interior life. He's offering abundance on the inside. He's offering the abundance in the spiritual. And when we can receive that and we can grow into that, then certain postures and things manifest themselves in the physical. But he's offering something deeper, something lasting on the inside, not just on the outside. So many, so many times, abundant life looks very different from what we'd expect. But Jesus doesn't ask us to try to figure it out. He doesn't want us to define it or try to understand it. All he asks is that we would receive it. That we would receive this life. And see, when we begin to try to control it and we try to, try to define it, we end up missing it or, or losing it. He came to give life and given it an abundance and full. Share Christmas. Share that story. Share the story that there's the opportunity for new beginnings. There's the opportunity for transformation, not just self-improvement, but to be transformed. There's the opportunity to live into new harmonies and rhythms, sacred harmonies and rhythms that are of God, that our priorities can change. Share the invitation to accept and believe the gifts, though we'll never fully understand it, and that's okay. Because there's sacred and holy mystery in that. In John 10, it says that we go in and out and we find, we find pasture. And see, not only does he give us this life, there's a beautiful picture there that he sustains that life. He has given us the gift and then he sustains the very gift that he has given us. That's the grace of the Christmas story. It's the grace of God. And how do I, it may be asked, well, well, how does he do that? Well, it's, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit because it leads us into all truth. 
It leads us to understand who God is. It leads us to understand the word of God. Yes, the written word of God. But in John chapter 1, it says the word is God. The word is Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit helps us live into those things, empowers us to live into that. And the word of God is the revelation of himself, of humanity, of life, of, of death, of the sacred harmonies and rhythm. The, the, the Word of God gives us insight into the world. It, it gives us a wisdom for life. And those who engage it, those who understand it, by the power of the Holy Spirit, His sheep live in joy and peace and grace and mercy. Share Christmas. Share Christmas. He has come so that we may have life. and Have it in all fullness. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Share Christmas. Share that story. See, it doesn't matter what happens to us. It doesn't matter the problems that we face. It doesn't matter the disasters that overwhelm us. And I am not minimizing anyone's pain here. If you've gone through something horrible, I am not minimizing that at all. But I'm going to tell you that nothing is too big for our God. Nothing is too big for our God. And I know that truth at times is difficult to live into, but it doesn't make it any less true. Paul would write that, you know, he's been beaten up. He's been whipped. He's been thrown rocks at him. He's got to get lowered down from a wall. He's been shipwrecked. He was bobbing out in the sea for how many days? And then he writes this this letter to the Philippian church, and he says, I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have a lot. And I know the secret now of being content. And he writes these words, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Share the Christmas story. Share the Christmas story. He gathers the lambs in his arms. <laughs> Such a, a, a gentle picture of our Savior. The tender care of his children. That he gathers us into, you know, we're, we're, we're all his children. Scripture says that all who would receive him believe in him. He has given them the right to become children of God. We're all children in the eyes of God. And, and yes, there are some that are more mature than others, but we are all his children. Nobody has arrived. Nobody is without their own sin. Nobody is without brokenness. We are all his children. And here we see that we don't have to worry about our brokenness. We don't have to be anxious about our immaturity or our weakness. His promise is that he gathers the lambs into his arms. He gathers the church together. It's the gentleness. It's the beauty of the Father, of the Savior. It's his work and not our own. He meets us where we are. He loves us for who we are, not some future that we might be. He loves you right now, right here in this very moment, in all of whatever darkness, whatever joy, whatever um, sin that you're in. He loves you. Share the Christmas story. Now, I've heard many people, when somebody goes through a very tra- uh, tragic part of their life, they, they, they say, just, just hold on to God. Just, you just hold on to him. I'm here to tell you that because of Jesus Christ, Christian, you don't have to hold on to God. He holds on to you. He holds on to you. Share the Christmas story. 
He gently leads those that have young. As I was kind of wrestling with this verse, um, I really didn't know what, what to make of it. I mean, I, I get the picture in it, but it just seemed um, flat for me. And, and so I kind of pressed in a little bit more on it. And uh, it seems many people liken this to Isaiah 42, where he writes that a, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not put out. And so there's this, there's this gentleness uh, in our Savior. And the picture that he's painting here with this is, is a mother with, with her young. And the shepherd knows that this, this mother and the young, they can't travel quickly. They need special attention. He knows that they're going to be distracted on the journey. He knows that, that, that both of them, when they're together, there's, there's a weakness that's in both of them. And there's, they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable to the world. They're vulnerable to uh, being picked off by the coyotes and, and the wolves. It says he gently leads those that have young. He's, he's patient with them. He's gentle with them. He doesn't put a burden on them. In Isaiah 42, a smoldering wick, a bruised reed. I wonder if you've ever felt like a bruised reed. I wonder if you've ever felt like a smoldering wick. Maybe you know somebody who feels that way right now seems the Christmas, this holiday especially, brings up all of these feelings of loneliness and brokenness and, and separation. It's amazing how it's one of the most beautiful stories in all of human history, and yet something happens to the world and to people, and they feel broken or bruised or smoldering, feel like the world has run them over, they, that, that they've gotten this big eternal sucker punch, and they feel so broken that they can't even catch their own breath. And maybe the only life that they have left in them is just, is just a little spark. And it really is just making smoke. It's not burning. Share Christmas. Share the Christmas story. Tell them there's a God that knows what they're going through. Tell them there's a God that cares, that he's come as a shepherd to lead them and to gather them and to love on them. You know, the world may look at some people as worthless may look at people as an outcast or they're just too broken to be of any good in society. But Christ looks upon them with love. Christ looks upon them with value. Christ looks upon you with love. Christ looks upon you with value. He has laid down his life so that we could be made whole. He loves us with gentleness and understanding and caring and yes, still with power and might. That's our Savior. And he will not cause us any more pain. He knows that the world that we live in and life itself is painful enough. He will not cause us any more pain. He will not put anything that's ill-fitting on us. He will not be a burden. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, I'm gentle. Share the Christmas story. In John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, I give them eternal life and no one Snatch them from my hand. He gathers the lambs in his arms, carries them close to his heart, gently leads those that have young. This is our God. This is our God. This is the Christmas story. 
This is what we should be sharing. This is the good news. It's, it's hard to be critical of this. And I know people will, but this is, doesn't make it less good news. Share Christmas story.